Hello friends and welcome to the Limbic Podcast. My name is Umu Benjamin and today I am going to be bringing you a topic on PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder, and the impact estrogen has on the specific diagnosis. Now, PMDD is a series of symptoms that do tend to occur in females about a week before your onset of menstrual cycle or bleeding cycle per se. And for you to meet the criteria for PMDD, you actually have to meet five or more of the symptoms I'm going to list. So few of the symptoms are going to be affective symptoms, which means mood swings, changes in your mood. So anxiety, um, feeling sad, feeling anxious, tearful, feeling increasing sensitivity to rejection. Some of the other symptoms may be irritability or anger, feeling depressed, feeling anxious, feeling like you are losing interest in the activities you once loved or enjoy. Changes in your concentration, changes in your focus, lethargy, low energy. We're talking about increasing your appetite and what would be overeating or craving specific foods or maybe bench eating on specific foods. Some of the physical symptoms are going to be breast tenderness, swelling, feeling bloated or actually becoming bloated or having what will be water retention or weight gain. Now, for you to meet the criteria for PMDD, you have to have about five of those symptoms. Now, I want to actually talk about how estrogen play in that specific symptoms. Estrogen is a steroid-based molecule in hormone. It's also, because it's steroid-based, it's also lipid-based, biological, based on its structure. So, which means for you to really have a true optimized estrogen, or any of the other hormones, you need to have healthy fats because those are the biological chemical formation of that specific hormones. Estrogen is responsible for a lot of things in our bodies. And for females, it's highly, highly needed for what becomes our brain and cognitive functions and our mood regulation. Now, PMDD seems to only affect females, I'm going to show you what is the relationship between PMDD and aspects of your estrogen producing or fluctuation that may impact just how your brain performs. So we're going to talk about estrogen. And talking about estrogen means we need to learn about just what it is. It is a hormone that regulates a lot of our feminine hormones, which means it needs lipid as a foundational molecule to support its production. It also is one that's metabolized by the liver and which means a healthy liver is going to require the specific hormones to continue to produce itself and regulate and maintain itself. It is regulated by your hypothalamus. It is regulated by your pituitary hormones. It affects your prefrontal cortex. There's a study that actually show a depletion in estrogen that's been noted in individuals that are monopause actually causes cognitive decline. Now, most individuals that are experiencing PMDD as a symptoms may not actually be monopause yet. They may be pre-monopause or have not even reached monopause yet. But the fluctuation of what happens with estrogen around the menstrual cycle gets to affect those brain structures. So let's talk about just normally what happens. To a week before your menstrual cycle, estrogen drops. Normally you have a very nice adequate levels of estrogen in your body in about a week before your menstrual cycle. So ovulation comes in, 
estrogen is wonderful you're getting ready to actually have what would be a potential the body's getting ready for what would be a potential pregnancy and if the ovulation happens and no activation of that egg with a sperm to create a baby the body goes into shedding mode where it now needs to kind of dispose of that specific egg and start the cycle all over again well after ovulation about one week before your menstrual cycle estrogen drops significantly and that releases the egg getting you ready and prepared for menstruation now that drop in estrogen correlates with the time that pmdd occurs for most individual during that one week of drop in estrogen these are some of the benefit estrogen naturally has on the brain so with the study that was done to show how menopause actually affect cognitive health they showed a significant decline in individuals that went through menopause and actually lost their estrogen and how their prefrontal cortex works. They were actually having symptoms of cognitive decline, cognitive aging due to the loss of estrogen. These individuals also had what would be changes in what is just the feeling of wellness or feeling of happiness because estrogen actually controls a lot of different other factors estrogen is responsible for your bodily fluid retention estrogen acts on your antidiuretic hormone it's a hormone that's actually responsible for retaining water through your kidneys so you can have what's volume and for individuals that are actually going through that pmdd some of the symptoms is bloating and water retention well estrogen does exactly the same thing a depletion in estrogen prevents the body from actually being able to excrete those water so you're going to be bloated you're going to hold on to fluid because you are actually having what is that loss in estrogen that supports water balance regulation. Estrogen also supports appetite. Study shows that estrogen directly regulates leptin. Leptin is a signaling hormone that actually tells our body when we are full, so we are not overeating or bench eating. And if you look at some of the symptoms of what is PMDD, during that time when estrogen drops, we have what is an increase in just aspects of overeating, bench eating, indulgement. So that's a normal response in general for what the body is actually going through during that time. Estrogen is known to actually support what will be your neurotransmitter. So when we see individuals that are actually having mood, we kind of have to kind of go back and say, is this due to the fluctuation in estrogen? Because with estrogen, you have what would be your neurotransmitter production, things like serotonin and the other neurotransmitters that makes you feel less sad, less moody, less depressed. Well, with estrogen dropping, that neurotransmission benefit that estrogen gives the brain now gets to be actually affected. Another thing that estrogen does is estrogen actually supports energy balance. And that was another unique founding that I found very intriguing in the way that supports that estrogen being optimized in your brain and your body actually supports optimizing your energy. And there's a little bit more science to just how it supports energy, but that can also have you kind of correlate back to the changes that PMDD gives you, low energy, fatigue, lethargy, feeling just tired. Estrogen is doing just that. 
Another thing with um, estrogen benefit gets to be the fact that it actually supports you having concentration. It supports you having what will be that increase in what feels just feeling well. Your brain feels healthy. Another study that was done showed that with the depletion in estrogen or menopause, females actually had what was a decreased hypocampus volume depletion or decrease in what is that brain volume in the area that allows you to retain memory and learn. So we can kind of correlate that is when we have that significant drop in estrogen during the PMDD time, that this may actually also be just the impact that estrogen is asserting on our brains because part of the symptoms with PMDD gets to be trouble with concentration, trouble with motivation, trouble with aspect of just having mood and irritability, trouble with what would be just decision-making or feeling overwhelming happens with PMDD. And it kind of shows that estrogen in general affects the prefrontal cortex, pituitary hypothalamus, as well as your hippocampus. So when we look at symptoms that has PMDD as an undertone, we want to go back and say, how much of this is related to changes or fluctuation in our hormones, in our endocrine functions, or how much of this may just be psychological or environmental? But in reality, when it comes to wellness or mental wellness, it's not a one set approach or one style approach. It's usually holistic and broad in view because every aspect of that holistic approach actually supports the reduction in symptoms or actually the removal of symptoms because you get to build more awareness and alignment, which is what your body is doing and starts preparation for making sure these symptoms do not become exacerbated. So some of the tips I'm going to talk about today are going to be tips that I get to say do 365 days a year. A lot of the times for some of the clients I work with, they wait until the symptoms are at the peak where your life has been affected, your mood has been affected, the quality of just how your well-being has been affected, and now they want to do intervention. I get to say put some of these intervention into your lifestyle so that way at the end of the day, you get to have what is that preventive approach to wellness versus one that's more a reactive approach to wellness. So what I get to kind of say is this, before your menstrual cycle, I want you to consider moving forward. These are some of the things to consider. Having an assessment that looks at your endocrine function, specifically when it comes to PMDD, we're talking about your estrogen, your progesterone, your um, thyroid, those are going to be three major hormones that actually can affect what your brain and body feels, which can present with symptoms that feels like PMDD. Other medical conditions to assess for in general is going to be anemia. The reason for anemia is part of just the changes in your energy that happens with the menstrual cycle gets to be increase in fatigue, increase in tiredness, increase in decrease, in, increase in what is the body just not working correctly, your brain not working correctly, or decreasing cognitive performance. And the reason for that is you actually get to lose a lot of blood during your menstrual cycle. And if you're not replacing it or replenishing it before the next cycle, you are now going in circles. You are now having to repeat the same aspect of having to play catch up. So by you knowing what your iron levels is and your blood levels is, 
you get to work on those medical aspects to support your brain and your body being in optimum shape to prevent you from activating PMDD. Now, when you're doing tests that's associated with hormones, like checking your thyroid, your progesterone, your estrogen, it's always beneficial to consider doing this test away from your ovulation at the same point every year. In other words, you are trying to capture what is a trend. If you're doing it during your or after your ovulation, hormones are going to be fluctuated. The numbers are going to be fluctuated because your body has a change that happens before your menstruation cycle comes in. So it's always going to be best to maybe select the time to do this test after your menstrual cycle and not around your ovulation cycle. And make note of that time in your calendar so you can repeat this test either in six months or a year to see if there was a variation or change or a trend that now allows you to use a holistic approach to combating it. Another thing to have to do during aspect of wanting to have a holistic 365 days wellness approach to PMDD is going to be increasing your sleep. This is the time the body needs a little bit more rest. Remember, part of the estrogen phase with the ovulation was that preparation for you to get pregnant, which means if you were going to get pregnant, you were going to have what is that increase in fatigue and tiredness and change in energy and slowness that just happens because your body was now activated. Your eggs was activated with a sperm actually activating your um, eggs and now you're pregnant. But because that did not happen, those symptoms do still occur. So by you having to now tap into how do I optimize my sleep and prioritize my sleep gets to support you having to regain some of that energy, better yet supporting your pituitary and your hypothalamus that relies on the quality of your sleep to support the endocrine function in your estrogen and progesterone circulation. Another thing you get to do is eat healthy. Part of PMDD symptoms almost get to have what is that endocrine symptoms and by you supporting what is that endocrine functionality you do not get to experience those changes that happens with pmdd so some of the nutrition to consider is going to be healthy fats and when i mean healthy fats i'm talking about avocados i'm talking about making sure your food have what will be be cooked in things like good olive oil or even having to have a, a coffee or tea with um ghee or even butter organic butter things that are kind of healthy fats because those actually support the production of your steroid hormones but also supports the cells that needs those replacements because during stress your body experiences oxidation and having to have healthy fats in your meal actually supports the production of those endocrine hormones and part of your nutrition gets to be actually eating foods that are high in the nutrients that supports your body so we're talking about red meat. It's going to be okay if you are a meat eater to increase what is your meat intake, your protein intake. Protein goes back into your neurotransmitters, but also protein goes back to giving you the B vitamins and the iron that you need that to support what would be just the aspect of your body having adequate nutrition to support the next series of egg shedding that happens and fluctuation that happens with progesterone and estrogen to support you not activating PMDD as a symptom. Another nutrition to consider is gonna be full fat. Full fat goes back into that increasing your healthy fats and having yogurt or fermented foods. 
those are going to support the neurotransmitters in your body so you are able to wake up feeling energized feeling energy feeling like your gut and your brain is working together now part of the eating with the red meat and i'm going to go back to the red meat is the fact that with red meat you get what was the iron supply to your body but another form of nutrition to consider is organ meat Organ meat is also going to support you having all the vitamins you need and all the nutrients you need. If you are not a meat eater, this would be a time to consider whether supplementation or actually increasing the foods that are vegetarian based that increases these key nutrients in your body to support what is the functionality of estrogen in your body. Another nutrient to consider is phytoestrogen. Phytoestrogen just means foods that are high in estrogen. Here's a little secret. The foods that are high in estrogen are the same food that actually feeds your gut bacteria, which supports neurotransmitter production. So we're talking things like bok choy, things like cabbage, things like um, broccoli. Things that are coliferous vegetables are gonna increase what is that estrogen production and progesterone production healthily in your body. So having to have these foods incorporated in your nutrition selection every single day is actually gonna support a healthy estrogen production, a healthy conversion of your food into supporting your hormones. But another benefit of eating these green vegetables also is gonna be the fact that they are gonna be high in vitamin K. Vitamin K is an intrinsic factor vitamin that supports what is your clotting factor. So which means if you're eating these healthy, B, these healthy dark green vegetables, besides them giving you B vitamins and supporting your gut health and supporting your gut microbiome, they get to transition and actually support how your body will clot or support that lining of your uterus that's shedding where some people may have an excessive loss of blood because they overbleed. However, if you were a bleeder per se during your menstrual cycle, which now you have to come back through the whole cycle again and repeat, and your body is now functioning on depletion, having a healthy dark green vegetable supports your body producing good red blood cells, but also having the proper amount of vitamin K that's needed to support the formation of clotting of blood that's needed appropriately. Now, these are some of the behaviors I'm going to talk about just when it comes to you wanting to incorporate into your regimen when it comes to just good PMDD hygiene. And that gets to be for females, making sure you're not constipated. One, you do not want to have what is that toxification process holding onto your body. Two, you want to have proper hydration not just because your liver and kidney depends on it, but also because it allows you to flush out what is those endocrine circulating hormones that are gonna be ones that may circulate around your body a little too long, making your symptoms feel prolonged. So by you hydrating, you get to actually flush some of these things out of your body. Another thing to consider doing aspect of you wanting to maintain or have better control over your PMDD gets to be alcohol intake. Remember, your estrogen is produced by your liver sites, your, your hepatocytes. Estrogen is actually being supported by your hepatocytes. Your hepatocytes are liver cells. 
which means if you're somebody that's partaking in alcohol intake that's excess than what your body may need, there's just an aspect that we do know there's not true there's not a true amount of alcohol that's really truly good for the brain and the body but by you understanding that you do have a choice to be taking alcohol but these are some of the impacts it may have on what would be your pmdd symptoms it allows you to just have options but your liver cells are directly responsible for supporting your estrogen production which means if you are drinking alcohol you may be actually predisposing your body not to try to fend off a way to support that healthy estrogen production for the cycle you're going through or the next series of cycle and that can be detrimental to just the aspect you playing catch up but another thing also is alcohol is actually a blood thinner so which means if you find yourself bleeding a little bit more during your menstrual cycle or feeling like you are having more symptoms of liturgy tiredness and fatigue well that's a double effect because alcohol also is an inhibitor which means it's a central nervous system um, decompensation it decreases what's the central nervous system and part of that decrease means you're going to be tired lethargy feeling a little clouded so with all of that in your system it means your liver have to work harder but also your symptoms gets to feel more exacerbated Another tip to kind of have on hand gets to be during the time of just 365 days, but for your PMDD symptoms gets to be choosing to eat complex carbohydrate versus simple carbohydrates and avoidance of ultra processed foods. The reason for that is carbohydrates gets to be converted into glucose and the higher you are intaking glucose that circulate right back into your body, which adds more of the inflammatory effect that your body gets to feel. So which means you'll be prone to actually bleeding more, but also forming clots because part of increasing what will be glucose in your body is the fact that it actually causes viscosity, which is thickness of the blood that gets to just affect how you shed your blood out. And that gets to catch up on you with the next aspect of that drop in estrogen that happens a week that correlates with your PMDD symptoms. Now, I know I've gone through a lot to cover. Feel free to reach out to me if you have questions and comments, but I want you to understand part of just your wellness, including having to combat PMDD, it's not just gonna be confounded in just one approach. It's gonna be confounded in actually going back to what the body is showing you, what the body is doing, the effect of what our body does and our endocrine does in our brain, and how we get to now be more empowered to turn around and say, if I know what my body's gonna do during that one week before my menstruation starts, that correlates with the time most people get to actually activate PMDD. These are some of the behavior approaches and also nutritional approaches and lifestyle changes that I may need to incorporate as a way to combat my symptoms and improve what is just my quality of health. If this podcast or this video resonates with you, please feel free to comment. I would love to hear what has been your experience with PMDD, how have you come back yours, and what has just been some of the tips that we can share as a community to support other females that may be experiencing this specific symptoms. It is a symptom that can be very debilitating, especially when you're not 
educated about just how your brain and your body works to produce these symptoms. But by you having to take some of these foundation, basic foundation, you can almost start preparing how to make sure your next menstruation cycle of the period or time that PMDD wants to come in does not get to come in because you are more preventive in your approach towards your wellness. Again, the podcast is meant for educational purposes only and it's meant for empowerment purposes only. It's not meant to replace what is your medical doctor's advice on how to treat your PMDD symptoms. It is meant though for you to maybe consider using it as an adjunct information and education that can support your informed decision around what can be your treatment choices and what can be your approach towards incorporating holistic approach towards PMDD. Feel free to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend or family. Also remember, feel free to sign up for my newsletter. Visit me at limbic.live to sign up on my newsletter where I send out a weekly subscription of information such as this to individuals for them to be more empowered about their health and wellness. This podcast and this video is separate from my work at the clinic and feel free to reach out to us at limbic.live. You all have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.